0: I'm Donna and I'm Carrie and we are Paranormal Chicks
1: and this is a little bonus good good for 13 nights of Halloween. Hopefully y'all have enjoyed everything thus far especially y'all over there on Patreon who's getting even more shiz. Okay so this is just a short little story about the man who killed Halloween. Ooh, okay. So we're going to talk about Ronald Clark O'Brien. Now, he and his family, his wife and his two kids, Timothy, who was eight, and Elizabeth, who was five at the time of this story, lived in Deer Park, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. Now, old Ronald and his family attended a Baptist church where he was very involved. He sang in the choir. He drove the bus. He did all the things. He was even a deacon. And everybody was like, man, he is a fine, upstanding Christian man. But... Old Ronald had some trouble keeping a job. And by that, I mean he worked for 21 different companies in just 10 years.
0: Holy shit, that's a lot.
1: That's a ton. And he wasn't just like laid off or, you know, oh, it's a recession. No. He was fired for negligence and fraud.
0: How do you get hired anywhere when you have fraud?
1: I don't know if they like weren't allowed to say what he was fired for or if they were just like... I don't know
0: they have to be able to
1: somebody listening has to work in HR tell us but I always heard like with our students and stuff we could only say yes they were there yes they were there from these dates and then like would you let them work there and you could only say yes or no or would they be eligible for rehire or something and you can only say yes or no
0: oh but
1: this happened back in the 70s so who knows what the rules were so I got basically all of this story from A&E True Crime, which had an article that really broke this story down wonderfully. So just know that that's where all this came from. So he had all this fraud and stuff, I would imagine, because at one of his employers, he worked for Texas State Optical, and he made $150 a week. Now, this was just barely scraping by to pay for food and rent. This wasn't you know, hey, my kid needs a new pair of shoes or I'm assuming like electricity and water and all of that. So he had racked up $100,000 in debt.
0: Good gosh.
1: That gives me so much anxiety. Now, is that child's play when it comes to my student loans? Yes. However, that gives me so much fucking anxiety of like
0: just pure debt. I was going to say, because student loans is different than like debt debt. And
1: I don't think... That includes a house. Because, like, you know, sometimes it'll be like, oh, Jane Doe is $150,000 $150, in debt. But, like, one hundred forty of that is a house. You know, I don't think that. Because he was paying rent, not a mortgage. Yeah. Money was tight. And things were really hard. But on October 31st of 1974, he was like, you know what? Let's take the kids trick-or-treating. Now, this was a little unusual. Because, oh, Ronald wasn't really into Halloween.
0: Well, because he was, you know deacon and all that, and probably really religious. Right. And I know
1: that I grew up going to a Baptist church, and it was kind of not frowned upon, but it was like, oh, be careful, you know, all that witchery or whatever, you know. And I know a lot of the Baptist churches around here do trunk-or-treats and do fall festivals instead of the kids going actually trick-or-treating. So a family friend by the name of Jim Bates and his two kids went with the O'Briens trick-or-treating. And they only went to a few houses, but they stopped at this one house. And when they knocked on the door, there wasn't a response. So everybody else was moving on along. And Ronald was like, you know what, I'll stay back. Let Let me see if somebody's just like taking a long time...
0: It ain't that serious. Just go to another house.
1: Right. So he stayed back on this house while they all went over to the next house. It didn't take long for Ronald to catch back up with him and be like, somebody actually was home. Look at these giant pixie sticks I got. So he gives the kids all their little pixie sticks and they continue on trick-or-treating. Well, after they had gone to all the houses they were going to go to, it was time to go home. But before bed, Ronald tells his kids that they can have one piece of candy this is what we did when we got home because we would have like our little jack lantern or whatever that was our our thing that we carried but in the car in the floorboard we each had a big paper grocery bag and we would fill that up dump in the grocery bag fill that up dump in the grocery bag and so when we would get home we would each pour out our grocery bag full of candy and then you know just inspect it be like oh what you got oh what you got you want to trade these Eat a couple of pieces. Like there was no like you can have one. But what is this fucking Matilda? Which you don't get that reference.
0: <laughs> no, I do not.
1: Well, when the teacher Miss Honey, when her dad was alive, he had these like this box with all these treats, and they would each get one piece of candy every night from it. And it was like really good candy, you know. Uh-huh. And then when Miss Trunchbull took over her daddy's place, uh, she would eat it all and not share.
0: Oh, so that is you.
1: You know what? <laughs> Maybe. But what did you do?
0: I think the same thing as you. Like, we would just give the candy to my mom and she would do it. That does not surprise me Mm -hmm. at all.
1: (laughs) So Timothy picked the pixie stick. When he went to eat the pixie stick, though, he told his dad it tasted bitter. And his dad was like, well, here, have some Kool-Aid, wash it down, go to bed.
0: Drink some Kool-Aid and go to bed.
1: I mean, what? That's sugary. Okay, no. Your dad's
0: (laughs) was straight
1: sugar syrup. (laughs) Most people's was not that sweet. Oh, never mind. He was just trying to let him get that kind of bitter, nasty taste out of his mouth. So right after that, the kids go to bed. But it wasn't long before Timothy or Tim starts screaming, crying. He tells his parents that his stomach hurts. And he goes to the bathroom. He starts vomiting and convulsing and then just goes limp.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So they scoop him up and take him to the hospital. And on the way to the hospital, Timothy dies.
0: Oh, bless it.
1: So when they take Timothy's body to the morgue, the medical examiner's spidey senses immediately go up because he can smell almonds coming from his mouth oh shit Uh uh-huh which if you've ever watched anything true Mm -hmm. crime you know that that's a telltale sign of
0: poison arsenic poisoning
1: okay i thought that too
0: is it not
1: but this article said it was cyanide oh and i was like i thought it was arsenic me too but i looked it up and it is cyanide we suck
0: well we were right on the poisoning just not on the kind yeah Mm -hmm.
1: Which I'm sure they would have done an autopsy anyway, because I think it's kind of standard protocol if you die outside of a hospital with like a medical condition, like in your home or whatever, especially a small child. Right, right. An eight year old. Like he should be, you would think he would be healthy and wouldn't just all of a sudden have a stomachache and drop dead.
0: Yeah. So they did
1: an autopsy on him, and they found that he had enough cyanide in him to kill two to three grown men.
0: What the fuck?
1: Which, I mean, define grown men, because I am quite larger than some grown men. So can we just <laughs> say adults? <laughs> like, why has it got to be grown men? Because, bitch, I can eat you under the table.
0: That would be my look. It would be like, she survived, but she had enough to kill three grown men.
1: Well, you remember that one story I did that they were like, no, literally, she had like a thousand times the amount of, I think it was arsenic in her system, but because it had been given to her so slowly every time she had built up a tolerance. And it was like, really, you dodo bird? (laughs) The killer, not the victim. (laughs) So the police find out that... Like, okay, what had he eaten right before? Like, t- like take us through your thing. And they found out that, you know, he had eaten that pixie stick right before his stomach started hurting. So they got all the pixie sticks to test them. And they found that the top two inches of those pixie sticks had granules of cyanide in them. Wow. So the police are like, okay, let's go back through your steps for Halloween. Because, you know, the, the laced candy is an urban legend. Right. So but they're like, you know what? Somebody could have done it. I mean, we've all heard the Tylenol murders, like, let's go back and let's see where did y'all go? What houses did you go to? All of that. And at first Ronald was like, Um, I don't actually know And he they're like, Well, which house gave you the pixie sticks? And he's like, Um, I can't remember And they're like, How many houses you went to? You know, like what do you Yeah and it was like I'm making this number up, but, like, five. You know, it was, like, something super small. Like, you would have remembered what houses you went to with the number that you went to. Eventually, they kind of figured out, like, oh, it was the one that he stayed back with. Like, oh, yeah, they came to the door, yada, yada, yada. So when police go to talk to the people who live in that house, they're like, we weren't even home. Like, what are you talking about? We didn't, You know, so then, of course, the police are looking into the family. And they find out that... Ronald had all of that debt, but he had actually taken out more life insurance on the kids.
0: Oh, gosh. So, he
1: had policies on his kids and his wife, but he had taken out extra recently on the kids. Wow. Now, I do want to say that I saw a couple of different figures like it said at first that he had $100,000 in debt, but then it was like, yeah, he had enough in life insurance policies to completely wipe out his debt like on both kids. But then it said he only had 30000 on each kid, so I'm like, well, that's barely half of his debt. So some of the numbers are like, what? The math's not mathin'. And also, you know, you got to think about, too, this was someone who was incredibly in debt, could barely make ends meet, but he's taken out more life insurance. So that means his monthly bill is higher on these healthy kids. Uh Like, but you're paying that bill. So that's that's sketchy. So then police find out that old Ronald had gone to a few chemical companies and was asking around, like, how to buy cyanide. And then allegedly, kind of jokingly, was like, how much of that would it take to kill a person?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Then, to point a bigger finger at Ronald, they found a pocket knife in Ronald's house that had candy residue on it. Like, pop that lid, pour a little thing in there, clamp that bitch back down. But Ronald's like, I didn't do this. So he took a polygraph and failed miserably.
0: How could he be sure that his kids would like the pixie sticks?
1: I mean, I loved those big pixie sticks. So, I mean, I feel like, too, it's like, hey, it's a big one. Like, look how cool. Let's True. eat that. You know, it's like. True.
0: I did like the big
1: one. Right? Of course we did. It's probably was the easiest thing to, like, let me put these things in.
0: Oh, I know. But, I mean, you're banking on, on them. them eating it. Right.
1: So, on November 5th of 1974, he was charged with Timothy's murder. Now, he is like claiming his innocence and was like, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. But it goes to trial on June 3rd, 1975. And it took the jury less than an hour to deliberate and find him guilty and sentence him to death. So he, of course, appeals. And, you know, like this article from a said, they say, you know, back then there were so many constitutional issues around the death penalty where people were still kind of trying to figure things out. So he was able to really kind of drag things out with appeals but eventually he was executed by lethal injection on March 31st 1984.
0: Wow to kill your kids for
1: money. I I think it was kind of like the Tylenol murders where I don't know that he cared which kid died because at first I was like why Timothy and not Elizabeth but I think what he did was He put it in all four Uh so that he could be like, well, I wasn't targeting my kids, all four of them. But like, you're really trying to bank on some serious timing. Did he care who was injured? He just wanted them all to have it. So when they were like, oh, it came from the pixie stick and they inspect all the pixie sticks, they all had it. So he was really willing to kill these random, I hate to say random, but like family, friend kids, like not even... You know, it was like, oh, if they eat it, they eat it. Who cares?
0: Yeah, that is wild. I mean, of course he doesn't care because he's killing his own kids. True.
1: He just continued to perpetuate this urban legend fear of your kid's candy being tampered with. So, I mean, it was a terrible plot, but also he played on people's fears and, you know, really did try to kind of make it look like it was somebody come. But again... It was like, well, you picked a house that nobody was there. You know, it was a shitty plan, but also kind of a good one.
0: Yeah. You know, both cases you've covered where it's been like, oh, someone laced the Halloween candy and, you know, they're evil and they're going to try to kill all of our kids. It's been dads who have targeted their own kids. Right. Oh, my gosh.
1: I also feel so sorry for Elizabeth, too, who has to live knowing one, her brother died, but two, her dad was willing to kill her, too. Yeah. Like, again, he did not care which kid was hurt or both. He didn't care. Golly. He probably wanted it to be both so he could get double the money. Yeah. I just, I, that's got to be something hard to live with. I don't know. I just, poor thing.
0: Wow. Well, I don't want a pixie stick now.
1: And also, how genius, but also, how did he close it? I mean, like, I, I just have so many questions. Like, okay, he opened it with a knife, put it in there, and then, like, what? Did he, like, use a straightening iron and clamp it back down?
0: Literally, that's what I was thinking. Like, he could have, oh, never mind. Hold on. Like, he was doing it on the fly.
1: But, but see, in my head, he did it, he laced it at home. Oh, that's true. And took it with him. But, like, where did he put it?
0: In his pocket? Those things are fucking. Well, is it legit, the big ones?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was two inches, it said, of bad stuff. So, like, a small pixie stick is only, like, what, three?
0: Oh, I thought you meant the jumbo round ones.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, the the little be skinny ones, uh, yes, I think it's, like, the ballpark pixie stick is what I'm picturing.
0: Well, that's, when you said big, that's what I'm picturing, but, I mean. They couldn't
1: be the little bitty ones. Like, there's no way he would be able to do that. No,
0: the skinny ones, though. Uh,
1: They're, like, five inches. Okay. I'm picturing the big baseball park con.
0: I was going to say, well, it, he could have had it in a coat, but it's in Texas. so it Yeah, you be know
1: it ain't cold. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he had on a costume and it was like, or in his pants. I don't know. I don't know either. You know, he's probably so excited when they finally got to that house. He's like, "Whoa, oh, finally I could take this thing out of my
0: leg or whatever. Yeah.
1: Well, thank y'all so much for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying 13 nights of Halloween. We sure are. And remember...
0: Creep it real
1: and don't get scared.